What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking to Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Once again, I'm here, Jose, with another episode for you guys. Ben, unfortunately, cannot make this episode, but we had a special guest this week. We had Gigi on, and Gigi is a software engineer in Bitcoin, but he's a Bitcoiner at heart. He has a ton of information, a ton of resources, some great books that he's written about Bitcoin, and it was a fantastic time talking to him about everything from security, uh, when it comes to multi-sigs, to taproot, to uh, to all things across the board. We had a fantastic conversation. Really bummed out that Ben wasn't able to make it, but he'll be here as fast as next week's episode, guys. So please enjoy. Talk to you guys on the other side. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Talking to Bits. Uh, ben, the co- my co-host, is not able to make it here today for this episode, but it is my honor and pleasure to have a really good uh, 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 a well-knowledged, well-versed Bitcoiner here in the room to fill in the spot and, and be able to conversate with him. Um, he's an author. He's a software engineer. Um, and he gives a ton of value on... He's one of my favorite followers on Bitcoin Twitter. Um, guys, I introduce you to Gigi. Gigi, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, for the kind words. Um, I, don't, I don't see myself as... Uh... <laughs> that 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 accomplished as you're trying to lay it out, but um, yeah, I, I I've been around for a little while, um, so I think that's my claim to fame in Bitcoin. If you if you've been around for a couple of years, you've seen some things, and um, <laughs> I think that's that's the only. <laughs> claim to pay my ass. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I, I would, you can't write, in my opinion, at least, you can't write the type of caliber stuff that you write <laughs> if you weren't well-informed and if you weren't, um, you know, like you're a software engineer, so yeah, I know you're deep into the code. I know you're deep into the infrastructure before uh, anything. And like I told my uh, my co-host Ben, when when you agreed to do this, is is um, you're one of the philosophers, in my opinion, of Bitcoin, right? One of those guys that stay wholehearted, wholehearted to the true concept that Satoshi laid forward. Um, and I think nowadays it's starting to get a little mixed up, where there's just a lot of people that are just washing the you know the cypherpunk feeling of, of this whole thing. Um, and I think software developers like you keep that alive. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, no, I think. Um... I think it's it's interesting in Bitcoin that a lot of um, the software people also write about it. Like uh, Jan Pritzker, for example, is another example. Uh, is, is is another guy who is very deep in the software side and just yes. decided to write a book about Bitcoin as well. I think the the main reason is. Uh, and to be honest, it's, it starts to change now a little bit. Like we we have we have like uh, um, a new flood of Bitcoin philosophers, if you will. And first first and foremost, Robert Breedlove. I think he um, he wrote the most, and he he's the um, the, the most well known uh, deep thinker in Bitcoin. And I, I don't think he has a software background. Um, if if I'm not mistaken, he has more of a finance background. And yep. it's it's interesting that uh, you put me in the philosophy. Uh, category. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just, I'm just, I think it's interesting that a lot of people still manage to parse out some philosophy out of all the shit posts I do because I see myself <laughs> definitely <laughs> as a more a full time shit poser and, and a part time philosopher, maybe. Yeah, well, but yeah well, I, <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, well the shit posting is incredibly hilarious and awesome. But um, like, I, I, I discovered your work through 21 Lessons, your book, and I discovered your work through which i know was a twitter rant to begin with i know the origin of that 
Um, but I also discovered you more for your writing before your software stuff. So I think maybe that's why I see you more as a philosopher, because when I read Bitcoin is time, right? And, and when I read the, uh, the responsibility for owning Bitcoin, these type of articles, you completely, well, not completely, but you strip away the technical stuff and get back to the, the philosophy stuff. And I think that's why I put you in that. Uh, yeah. criteria philosopher. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be fair, like the, that's also my, my main goal. I think um, while the technical stuff is very kind of interesting in its own right, I think compared to the rest of Bitcoin, it's kind of boring, you know, like how the machinery works exactly. It's kind of, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not where the meat of the matter is. I feel like, you know, like it's for, for example, also the, the internet is a, is a good comparison because okay. what, what the internet does and what it enables and how you can use it and how it transforms people's lives. Like if you know, like now, now, like you, you can be 14 year, year old and a YouTuber or uh, deep into esports or something and make a living and it, it transforms industries completely transforms lives. It's, it enables like everyone has an, has access to the library of Alexandria and, and that's amazing. You know, uh, yeah, but how, how TCP IP works in the nitty gritty detail, it's comparatively boring, you know, and I feel it's, it's the same in, in the Bitcoin world kind of, you know, like it's, it, it still is very interesting and fascinating how it works, but I think the, the implications and just what it enables you to do and how it will transform society. I think that's where, um, yeah, my real interest lies at least. I agree. I agree. And I'm, you know, I've, I've just started to try to get into the software, but is it, is it basic to the point where that's a, a security pro? Uh, is that the reason why Bitcoin remains so basic is because it, it has a smaller attack surface? Or am I wrong on that? Yeah, no, a lot of people um, say that Bitcoin tries to keep it simple. So it's, yeah. so that it's more secure. And yeah. that's definitely true. Um, it, it's definitely true when you contrast it to, other projects in the quote unquote crypto space, like they try to do a lot of things and are terribly insecure, <laughs> but it's, 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 it's also like Bitcoin is insanely complicated as well. You know, like I, I wouldn't put it in the, in the, in the basic and, and simple category. Okay. And also it, it's, um, it's, uh, I would say the, the security as well, the security aspect. Yeah. A couple of things have to be secure. And first of all, your cryptographic primitives have to be secure. Your whole, whole architecture and design has to be secure. And the, the reason why Bitcoin is so secure is that all, all the things that it utilizes are known to be secure. They are very solid and it pushes the security to the edges. So you are responsible for your own personal security in the sense that if someone has your private key, you're, you're very insecure, you know, like you are responsible for securing yeah. your own private key and you're also responsible for reducing your own attack surface. So you're responsible for running your own node. For example, if you really want to make sure that what you're using is Bitcoin and so on and so forth. And I, I think security in Bitcoin is, is not well understood by most because it's such a complex and broad issue. Yep. And also the, the network itself, it can only be secure if all the incentives are set up right. And security is also like, we never truly know if Bitcoin is secure, you know, like it's, for example, how, how much hash power is enough to secure the network? It's like 51% yeah. of the 
Earth's, Earth's energy output, then you can be sure, but you still have the alien attack, you know, like if, yeah. the, if the aliens come in and they, they have like a, a infinity energy drive, then they can still attack Bitcoin and just yeah. uh, 51% attack it forever, you know? So, so security in Bitcoin is, is, is a very tricky concept and in with, with every other project that is also true you know so it really bothers me when other people come in and say um like this project is more secure than bitcoin or whatever like that you know all, all the charlatans are trying to right. to sell you <laughs> just sell you everything and everything is amazing and if right. you look into the what's called quote-unquote uh, crypto economics of those projects yeah it's absolutely horrible you know like they, they have like zero security to speak of it's just not worth it's it's not worth attacking them because they are not a large enough honeypot yet. So the the, yeah. the whole and th and that's the whole game theory behind Bitcoin security as well. You know, like when it was smaller, you could have killed Bitcoin, you could have attacked Bitcoin, you, you could have wreaked havoc. Now it's too late. But that's only kind of true for Bitcoin. You know, like it's yeah. it, it had to grow organically and had to spread out and it had to um, fight those battles and it had to become resilient over time. And yeah. that's also what why you can't copy Bitcoin. Like every other project is meaningless in, in my opinion, because no other project went through these battles and no other project grew that organically. And so um that's that's a very long winded answer to yeah. your question. I think I think you know, while Bitcoin tries to keep it simple in a way and uses yeah. building blocks that are very well understood, the whole the whole construct of Bitcoin, like the whole organism that it kind of creates, is very, very complex. Yeah, Still. and and I I think we also like as a Bitcoin community, so to speak, or it doesn't matter if you like that word or not. But I think I it's almost it. impossible. <laughs> it's almost impossible to to understand these complex systems. It's just like you know understanding society as a whole, understanding a mega corporation like Google. Like who really understands Google and how it operates? Probably nobody. You know, and right. the same is true for Bitcoin. Like you you, you cannot predict what happens. In the Bitcoin world and how the network will operate five years down the road and how the hash distribution will look like, how is mining going to look like, how, how is the economic activity on the network going to look like. You can't predict that. And that's that's yeah. like the, the the essence of not understanding something. You know, like it, it's just, <laughs> it's, too it's way there. too, yeah, it's too complex. It's way too complex. So yeah, um, yeah it's it's simple and complex at the same time. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I, I just, I, I met on the, like, I've heard these analogies of like the software being so simple because if you add pieces and add pieces to software, you open up pretty much a lot of backdoors or potential bugs and backdoors. And yes. then, you know, um, Satoshi using notable and, 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 and pretty much tools that were already created and invented, you know, at his time, but you know, being masterful and piecing them together in this perfect puzzle that works together. Uh, and then when we go back to your article and the responsibility, when you were talking about, because these pieces are so ingrained together, it doesn't matter if you're female, male, black, white, what country, rich, poor, whatever, as long as you have a digital signature, um, it's easy. It, it, it does what it needs to do and it behaves the way it needs to behave. Um, I didn't yeah. think about what you just brought up though, which is the next five years and hashing power and all that. So yeah, yeah. No, I think I think um, the what's beautiful about Bitcoin is exactly that it it uh, Satoshi managed to build a system that's completely non-discriminatory. Like it's it's completely open. Everyone can use it, and and that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen often in no. like the history of mankind, you know, like that, that, that just doesn't happen often, right. especially yeah. especially in the digital world where uh, you know you have to be kind of 
selfless to release it out in the open and just be like, okay, this is free Libre open software. Everyone can use it. Everyone can adapt it. Everyone can copy it. Everyone can uh, use it as they see fit. And um, having such a system also work over time that's like you know we've we've almost never seen something like that like linux yeah. is another example where where uh, we, we've seen that this works and uh you know it's still alive and people use it and uh, it runs the whole internet basically and uh, it's a it's a great success story but there are not that many success stories and the, the beauty the beauty in bitcoin is um like it, it's a very opinionated piece of software like it's there, there are a lot of principles embedded in it and one of the principles is as you pointed out everyone can use it like it doesn't matter it doesn't even matter if you're human you know like if, sure. if you manage if you manage to train your dog that he pushes a button to sign a signature then he can use bitcoin you know like i'm, I'm sure you can train animals very nicely to uh, earn some money by dancing on a live stream and then themselves <laughs> by pushing another button and they'll figure it out so that's a great way to get more sad yeah. so i'm gonna have to look yeah. into that <laughs> exactly the, the possibilities are endless yeah definitely Definitely. Um, so before I ask, uh, go into my next question, um, w when did you get introduced to Bitcoin? How did you get introduced to Bitcoin? You don't have to give any personal stuff if you don't want to, but I'm really interested in when Bitcoin crossed your path. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I think I spoke about this once or twice already. And uh, so it, it is known. So I'm not afraid of giving out any, any details. Cool. But I'm, um, it took me a very long time. That's, that's also why I was kind of once it started to click for me and once I started to understand I was I was eager to write about it because uh, I felt like if if I made like I made all the mistakes I, I it took me so long to understand all these things so I I was like I I think I made enough mistakes so that I maybe can help one or two other people to not make the same mistakes and uh, so that was my main motivation um, of writing as well, because I, I just, it was, it was so painful for me to be so wrong about Bitcoin for such a long time. Yeah. And I think my first contact was in like 2013, 2014, because I, I worked at the, um, I was studying computer science and I, I worked at the research institute and there were a lot of, you know, like really nerdy computer science people. And there, there were people already in Bitcoin, but I, I would argue they didn't understand it well enough like they, they understood aspects of it uh, like the technical aspects so they, they all of them are still shitcoiners like full disclosure <laughs> all of all of all of these people they're still shitcoiners and, and already in 2014 they were um working on their own kind of you know like i would say blockchain projects you know like okay. how can we use the blockchain technology to build something cool to build a cool research project whatever yeah. and so, so so i would i would consider this my first contact. I, I, I've heard, you know, like I've, I've been around the internet forever and, um, I, I might've heard about it before or, or read something about it before. And, um, yeah, sep separately from, from these researchers, um, around the same time, um, I, I, uh, I, I heard about Bitcoin again from, yeah, another set of friends that okay. uh, got into contact with it because uh, of Silk Road and yeah, just okay. basically buying weed online and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, my, my initial reaction was extreme skepticism. So, okay. I would still consider myself a skeptic first and foremost, but um, it's, I was just, you know, I, I thought I knew enough about computers to understand why, why it can't work. So, okay. 
I, I came from, I had the same criticism, like all the other people, like it will be hacked. Someone will make sure that it will be uh, shut down and, and so on and so forth. So, so the whole, like it, it can never work. So good to <laughs> be true. Of. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it has to be a scam, you know, like it's matching in the money. What are you guys doing? You know, like it's it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're okay. playing around with something that you don't really understand and it will all explode and, and you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. And, and so my my first, um, like my second look was then in, in 2015. And um, yeah, that's where, when I decided to look into it more deeply. And I started uh, just playing around with it. And I was super interested in the technology mostly like, you know, like uh, coming from a computer science background, uh, being a sure. software engineer, I, I, I was like, Hey, cool. Like programming, programmable money. So I was super excited about, um, a project that we all know and love that was speaking about becoming the world computer and dealing with unstoppable code. You know, I'm talking yeah. about Ethereum, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was, I was, um, yeah, I, so my, my shitcoin phase was very long and very intense. So okay. I was interested in, in all the shitcoins under the sun. And I, I read so many white papers, like you guys have no idea like I, in, in the hundreds, you know, like everything. I mean, I, I was a researcher, right? That's what I did. I, I read research papers. So I, you know, like I, I had no problem with just blasting through these um like <laughs> like a madman you know and trying yeah, yeah. to trying to find the 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 gold nuggets in in all the dirt so to speak and it it took me way longer than i would like to admit to realize that i know nothing about money i know nothing about economics i know nothing about these whole systems i um i it took me very, very long to understand that the economic aspect of these systems plays a crucial part in securing them. And it's, you can't untangle it, you know, like it, it, it can never be chess technology. It is always, always technology and money. You always need to have a token that secures this thing that there's no other way that it can work. And so I, I realized that I have to understand money and economics. And so uh, I would say starting in probably 2016, that's when I tried to get up to speed in in this regard and i uh try to just understand what the hell money is and what's going on and yeah. um, also there i you know it, it took me a while to to find the austrian school of economics and okay. um just uh like understand money from first principles and not basically like it, it took me a while to to remove myself from the current indoctrination of mainstream economics that are trying to tell you what money is um, yeah. simultaneously ignoring like 20,000 years of history of what money actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it, it took me a very, very long time. And I think I started writing about Bitcoin then in, I think it was 2017. So when it really took off again and uh, I was already beginning to understand that um, like like this ICO explosion and all of that, that's all of it is bullshit. It's all like, it's all just people trying to print their own money. And uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I, I completely turned when Ethereum in my eyes failed completely when the DAO uh, hard fork happened. So, um, okay. I don't know how, how much you know about this history, but, um, I know about it, but not the details. Okay. And I mean, though, I'm but, definitely one, but maybe for the listeners. So, yeah, so the, the whole idea please. of Ethereum was that, um, it can run unstoppable code. So you, um, 
just very similar to the idea that the money that exists in Bitcoin is just just out there, you know, quote unquote, on the blockchain, and and nobody can stop it, nobody can take it away, nobody can um, nobody can stop you from making transactions. The mm-hmm. uh, same idea was that you built the same system, but for computer code. That so once you release an app, so to speak, um, nobody can stop it. Like everyone can use it, and nobody can stop it. And the idea sounds very nice. Yeah, like that sounds great. It sounds, it sounds awesome. You know, like. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, the, the bad things you can do with the site, but that's true for Bitcoin as well. It, Correct. It sounds amazing that that you you have this unstoppable system that that everyone can use and and yeah. you can just do useful things with it. And um, so it turns out that someone built on top of Ethereum uh, a, a structure of. Um, program code that acts as an organization and this was called the DAO. So the decentralized autonomous organization. So <laughs> very, very important. It's very important how it is named, you know, first of all, yeah. decentralized, that means nobody can stop it. Nobody can mess with it. Autonomous. So it runs on its own and organization. So it acts like an organization. It, you know, like it pays people and so on and so forth. AKA and, super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah, that's how Skynet starts. You know, that's like how, how all the good Terminator movies, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's how they start. Basically. Exactly. And, and, and yeah, I, I was still like, um, uh, yeah, and, and, and Ethereum bull, basically, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. This like, this can actually work and so on. And I, um, I, at that time still, I, I didn't listen to, to all the critics that are nowadays, we would call them Bitcoin maximalists, you know, yep. <laughs> our precious maxis. We love our max. <laughs> Full disclosure. I, so, so many people labeled me as a Bitcoin maximalist that like probably three years ago, I started identifying as a Bitcoin maximalist and I, I never looked back. So life yeah, becomes, yeah. life becomes way simpler and the noise moves to the background once you decide to do that. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, like the DAO, it did exactly what it was designed to do. The problem was there was a, a bug in the program code and someone was able to exploit that bug and just steal millions and millions of, of ETH. Like uh, in, in terms of US dollars, it was millions. I, I don't even remember the numbers, but it was a lot of money. Yeah. And so the five people that are behind Ethereum <laughs> came together and say, okay, we don't want that. That's not cool. And so we have to stop it. And we have to um, undo this and we have to shut it down. And uh, basically that's what they did. That's that's what happened. Like they came together, everything uh, ground to a halt. They shut down all the servers because Ethereum isn't actually uh, decentralized. It's basically- <laughs> It gets worse and worse. Huh? I'm, I'm simplifying of course, but still like, yeah, that's yeah. how you can understand it. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was a small group of people that were like, hey, that's not what we signed up for. And so Ethereum split in two halves and uh, we still have that. It's called Ethereum classic but nobody gives a fuck about that and it's um, <laughs> so strange yeah. it and and then it happened over and over and over again so ethereum had various hard forks and uh just very similar problems and various outages and uh if someone has an outage it's not decentralized you know like if if, yeah. if if there is a spokesperson for a thing it's not decentralized if there is a ceo of, a, of, of of some coin or something it's not decentralized if there is an organization <laughs> and can dictate how how it develops it's not decentralized so um that's just something that was kind of a wake up call for me. And, um, I, yeah, like I, I kind of, um, very, very quickly after that, I realized that all, all the the crazy maximalists were spot on with their analysis in the first place. And, um, it's also like that, that in combination with, um, 
Bitcoin tries to do a different thing, you know, like Bitcoin tries to um, get rid of senior edge. So, so there are some people in the world that have the money over the power printers, uh, the, the power of the money printers. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and what Bitcoin tries to do is very, very similar to how gold did it naturally. Gold is just everywhere on earth. It's kind of evenly distributed somewhat, you know, it's very rare. You have to do a lot of work to dig it up and everyone has access to it. Like if you want, you can go out and just dig for gold. And if you're lucky, you, you have access to hard money and just the, the, the sound money aspect of it, the unstoppable nature of it and the removing power from, from those people that are able to print money today. Um, I, I realized very quickly that this is, way more important than everything else, like way more important than unstoppable code, way more important than all the, what you might think is, uh, or I thought is as well, like some cool apps and some cool things right. that you can do. And the more you, you learn about the crookedness of the current system, the more I think you have to become a fan of Bitcoin and the more also you have to become a Bitcoin maximalist. And the more you study, like the, mo the more you learn about money and monetary history, the more maximalist you have to become because money is a network and money is very similar to speech and money is like a, a form of communication and the transmitter of information yep. and all these things tend towards one always there's a reason why we're speaking english there's a reason why we're using tcpip there is a reason why we're using zoom you know like all these things have network effects <laughs> and right. money is all that on and on steroids you know like money has like like so many different network effects combined and bitcoin is not only money you know it's also a, a networking protocol it's a software protocol it's and so on and so forth like that it, it, it literally is speech you know like bitcoin does nothing else than the notes of bitcoin they communicate they do they don't do anything else there's no encryption happening you know like it, it always uh, <laughs> riles me up when yeah. people talk about encrypted money because bitcoin is not encrypted money it uses crypto cryptographic signatures it's true but it's not nothing is encrypted everything is plain text so that right. it's only if you translate that to what it's basically what humans do they, they talk back and forth and they, they understand each other and it's yeah it's so, it's tough it's tough because I, I i'm sorry no, no, uh, I, I tend to babble on once I fall. No, I fall I'm the same exact way. I'm just like, I'm with you all the step of the way. I, I just find that it's extremely hard. And this literally happened to me last night during, a, I, I tweeted somebody that, you know, just Bitcoin and HODL and you'll be fine. Uh, and I got smashed with guides who were like 10K in, in Ethereum and a, a, is a higher percentage raised than 100K in Bitcoin. And, and it's just hard because inside of me, I feel like you. I have all this history. I've dug into this. I, I understand you know what's happening in the current monetary uh, monetary system and i'm like there 100 percent. but it's hard to sum that up for a person in the tweet yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean i mean twitter twitter i think twitter is amazing still like with all its flaws it, it, it is amazing but it, it is horrible for any kind of discussion so, so yeah every yeah <laughs> every time i i get wound up in a, in a twitter discussion I, I regret it and i just i just try to <laughs> consciously like not engage in the discussion that doesn't mean that i never engage like sometimes i'll bite but i think twitter is it, it's way better to just shit post and troll on twitter it's it's way more effective yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> and if yeah, someone is. actually wants to discuss and just you know go on the podcast it, it, it's it's quicker as well because if you if you involve yourself in a twitter discussion it can go on for like three days and, yeah, it, and can. It, it, it can really rile you up you know it's like a, yeah like the stupidity of it can rile you up and just have just have a discussion like one hour just talk talk to the guy 
guy on the podcast or something and and be done with it and, I yeah mean, you, yeah you'll be probably fuming anyway for, for two more days after the podcast but still <laughs> yeah no i listen I, i had to just cut them short and i just said like one of the guys was like i have a headache and i just agree with him i was like i have no energy no time to walk you through what's important <laughs> to what's not important because bitcoin is something that as i learned in 2017 is something that requires for you to know a lot of things it's, yeah. you, you know you have to dig deep like you said you have to know about money you have to know about value exchange you have to understand these things in order to understand what's going on here yeah. um but just like losing weight just like doing all these things it's up to the individual to want to take the ownership to do that yeah absolutely and, and, I, and I, i think that's that's also where the have fun staying poor meme came from you know like yeah it's just, you had you know, like and and it's so many bitcoiners are are past explaining those kind of things you know it's just right. especially to shitcoiners and especially to to the people that are just not willing to put in any amount of work you know like just i mean you have internet right you're arguing with me on twitter just go to google and yeah. type in proof of work and read the first paragraph then i can i can save myself like two hours already you know for example exactly. and, yeah. and just you know get a book or two and read that and and just you know all the information is out there so so why are we why do i have to hand hold you through it you know and i and it pains me to say that as, as somewhat of, of of an educator like i i like to i i, I like to make things easier to understand for people right. but it's still like some some people like the only appropriate response is have fun saying poor because they are not arguing in good faith and also they they don't want to they, they haven't even tried to understand it you know like there's so many people that's like oh man this bitcoin I, I, it's it's so like it's so stupid it can never work or it's so complicated okay what kind of research did you did you do to arrive at this conclusion and it right. turns out like they didn't even google how how bitcoin works you know <laughs> so. right yeah nothing and, and i that it's funny you brought up the ha uh, have fun staying poor because that's exactly what i told my wife it was like you know i'm i guess one of the newer educators on the scene um you, but you shouldn't tell your wife to have fun staying poor by the way no, just, <laughs> no actually my wife was as <laughs> bullish as i am i just got a minor in the other room over and she's as excited as the, about the minor as i am but I, what i was trying to tell her was similar to what you were saying which is like in the beginning when i first came back i i start i, I thought it was kind of snobbish and obnoxious for somebody to tell somebody else have fun staying poor because we want to educate we want to help people find what we have discovered but now i'm at the point where it's like what you just said it's like no really it just comes down to have fun staying poor because i got <laughs> nothing else that i can offer you and you don't even want to critically think um and i think a lot of the people you know when they get the opportunity to 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 encounter something that's life-changing they get these natural biases of they're scared of change they don't want to proceed forward they don't yeah. want to go down the rabbit hole um they don't want their current way of living to be kind of flipped upside down and, and that's what happens when you go down the bitcoin rabbit hole as i'm sure you know yeah absolutely 100 it's on, and also to Uh, in everyone's defense that mm -hmm. ever was on the receiving end of uh, have fun staying poor. It also <laughs> like Bitcoin, it, it still sounds too good to be true. Like all, all the insane people that tell you, okay, just start stacking sets and just put in like 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks a week into Bitcoin and just do that for five years and you'll, you'll, you'll have a pension. Like you'll, you'll be fine, you know? And it just sounds way too good to be true. Like in the current system, this doesn't exist. And, and so I, 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 I have, I have a little bit of sympathy with all the people that just are in disbelief yeah. and I, I can't understand it because it's like, I was at the same spot. Like, yeah. you know, I was in kind of, <laughs> same here. maybe not, but it, it took me so long to, to, to understand it because I just lacked all the background knowledge. I had no idea what money is and how it works and what, what, 
like what are the characteristics of money how did it evolve why is it even here why like what right. makes money money and so on and so forth and so so and understanding and, and coming to the conclusion that Bitcoin is the best money we ever had. And if you have good money, you don't need to have anything else. That's like, it, it, it will take you like, I, I would say like two years of study at least. And yeah. I mean, intense study, I mean, quitting your job and studying like two years straight. Right. And then, then you'll, you'll truly, truly deeply understand it and have an appreciation for it because most people still operate that you have to put your money to work, you know, yep. and that's in Bitcoin. It's just not true with hard money. That's not true. That's, that's like money is the thing that, that we have for, for exactly that reason to store up value, you know, like you, 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 you specialize in one thing, you're a shoemaker, you make shoes. You don't have to create the stock market. You don't have to invest in companies that have any kind of yield. Your yield right. is making shoes. You know, and you store your yield in Bitcoin, you know, right. like, this, yeah. like yeah. in hard money. And, and just, that's why stacking, uh, stacking sets is so, so powerful in my opinion, because you, you can kind of, you can communicate a lot of condensed wisdom very, very quickly because, you know, uh, staying humble and stacking sets is there, there's a lot of condensed wisdom in it. It's not, you know, <laughs> be very risky and uh, gamble in the stock market, you know, like that would be, right. that would be the, the opposite end of the spectrum kind of. And, yeah. and so I, I understand that people are still very skeptical and have a hard time wrapping their head around it. But again, you know, like on the other hand, there's so much information out there. It's the best performing asset since like over 10 years now it has yeah. 200 percent uh, um, gain compared to the U S dollar year over year. And it's just like, uh, what what else do you need? Like the market has spoken. There are a lot of very crazy people on the internet that yell at you and scream at you to start <laughs> saving in Bitcoin. And if you just don't want to, again, like if you don't want to, <laughs> if you don't want to, and if you still think it's a Ponzi scheme or whatnot, just have fun staying poor. There's nothing else we can do for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and another thing that people, uh, especially here in America, don't really understand, and this is why I love talking to you know not only yourself and individuals that are outside of the United States, but I got this from from when we spoke to Jan, uh, which you brought up earlier, Jan Prisker. He uh, he <laughs> told us a story about his family basically coming you know from Russia, I believe is where from, and having their wealth completely stripped away. And I think here in America. Um, not to say that Bitcoin is not important, but we always see it as a, like, oh, I can go out my cash app and just buy, you know, some sats and I could keep going about my business and complain about this and this and that. But in, in, in other places of the world, this is a lot more of a lifeline than it is here in the United States. Um, how is it in Austria where you're at? Um, and, and if you could add anything to that of what Bitcoin means around the world. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm uh, <laughs> qualified to answer that. Well, <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still in Austria, so, so <laughs> I should be. But um, um, I I don't I don't know too many people in Austria that that use Bitcoin. I, I mean, okay. I, uh, I have I have quite a few friends that I convinced to start stacking quite a while ago, and I think I think the situation in Austria is not too different than it is in the US okay. with the one exception, maybe that in Austria, we're usually like 20 years behind. Okay. Else. <laughs> and so we're not the quickest when it comes to adopting new technologies and a new way of doing things. I think in general, um, you know, like we, we have deep, deep, deep roots and deep traditions that go back a very long while. So, uh, people like to keep, um, 
the things as they were. And I'm not sure. saying at all that this is a bad thing. I, I also think that just like everywhere in the Western world, um, there's literally no financial education. Uh, so, so people kind of don't really know what they are doing. They're just trying to, to do their best to, um, yeah, not, <laughs> not yeah. get poor too quickly. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, I think the main, I think I think the main idea for the general population in Austria is still kind of uh, as it as it used to be the last I would say like thirty years or so to you know uh, try to get married, try to uh, get enough money to get a loan to buy a house or uh, buy a flat or something, and uh, just uh, do your best over the next. 20 to 40 years to pay back that loan and i think that's still the the um mode of operation for most people um definitely like most non-bitcoiners i know but yeah. i think i think like there is a there is a bitcoin scene in austria there are some there's some real ogs like um there's some uh we have bitcoin austria was founded in 2011 i think uh so there are some meetups and some some solid bitcoiners in austria as well and uh most of them since it's a first world country and uh um it's, it's a great country to live in we don't have any real needs for bitcoin as okay. they would have in like turkey or venezuela or what have you yep. um I, most people use it as a savings vehicle I, I would say some people use it definitely for business and commerce as well like there are some people that that uh, like years ago already started you know just like the alpaca socks people just uh, <laughs> produce something cool <laughs> and, and sell it for bitcoin yeah um and in terms of like um regulation it's still it's still kind of nice and cozy in austria so okay. uh, that's also why i think most people just buy and hold because um as uh unless it changed very recently <laughs> which i don't think it has um, <laughs> you're incentivized to hold for one year because uh, you have like short-term capital gains taxes if you sell below one year but if you hold longer than one year you're you're tax-free so that's a very strong oh, incentive to buy and hold. Yeah. yeah definitely yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just uh, the stories that I mean, I, I'm okay with what's happening here in the states. Um, we got some regulation that supposedly is impending, but as you know, I think at the end of the day, the Bitcoin devs are just get more clever and they'll find better ways, like Taproot, which we can talk about in a little bit, um, to try to just you know stop these regulators from being able to get their hands on it. But the stories that really wild me are like the you know the El Salvador thing with Jack Maulers and what they're yeah. doing over there with Strike. Um, I remember him a long time ago on the podcast. Not a long time ago. It feels like a long time. It was in December or something like that. But he was talking about how, you know, these people in these countries would go to a Western Union. It would take six hours to take a bus to get there. Uh, when they get there, Western Union takes 30%. And then the gangs are sitting outside of Western Union ready to beat you up if you don't give them half of it because they know you're yeah. there to get money. And then it's another six-hour drive back with maybe, you know, a third of the money that you went there with. And that was always... Um, that, that always sticks into my head. It's like yeah. here in America, we don't have that problem. And, and then the in a clubhouse in these places, you hear the arguments going back and forth on where you should buy and how you, you should use and who's better and who's that. Um, mm -hmm. And then Jack Maulers goes down to the El Salvador and, you know, where strike is able to completely uh, a bank a whole community of people with an application and with this protocol that's you know global. And I like those stories a lot better than anything that's going on here in the United States. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, these stories, they're definitely out there. It's just, it's just that not where the most eyeballs are. And yeah, there are sure. some people that try to rectify that, like Alex, Alex Gladstein comes to, uh, comes to mind, who does a lot of great work for the, um, for the Human Rights Foundation and talks to a lot of people that use Bitcoin in situations where they kind of have to use Bitcoin because there is no other way. And that's, that's exactly, you know, like that's one of the problems that Bitcoin fixes. Uh, I don't know if right. you saw it, but uh, recently, like a day or two ago, a video was going around on Twitter where um, a money, a money, uh, van so so a van that uh, just uh, drives around <laughs> cash in some like i don't know what the country even was but not not the best kind i think it might have been south africa i think okay and they, they, they just tried to you know bring uh like, like hijack the cash van from a to b <laughs> yeah. and you know like they're getting rammed and getting shot at and like horrible like, like yeah. it's insane you know i mean it's a bulletproof van but and, and they're uh like they, they they are armed and um yeah like armed and armored but but still like yeah, insane you know just to, to bring some it might have been a gold transporter i i don't remember all the details but it, but it doesn't really matter you know like it's the same yeah. situation as you're describing with the gangs it's just like you have a physical thing so it can be taken away from you that's what makes bitcoin so special it has no physical body so you can use it in a way where you have perfect plausible deniability you know like the, for to take a mobile wallet for example you enter one passport passport uh password yep. <laughs> and it shows that you have i don't know two million satoshis on it and you you enter an, another one and and it shows that you have 50 million satoshis on it or like pick pick your pick your setup you can yeah you, you can even you know like keep it in your head as uh, as, as the, the go-to example in bitcoin because you can actually memorize your 12 words and you have bitcoin in your head like you've literally you have it in your head that's where it stores where it stored and if you destroy all, all other copies that's the only place where where the private key is that's in that's the only place where the information is stored that allows you to spend the bitcoin and i don't recommend it because you know like you get a stroke or you know in, in the case of the gangs they might yeah. be over the head and then <laughs> it's not a good yeah. situation for anyone but still like bitcoin is so powerful because everyone can use it it's an open protocol and it's non-physical like it it, right. it, real, it it lives in the realm of ideas and you can you can do a lot with that you know like you can think of so many ways to to um obfuscate the usage of bitcoin to uh, store private key material and of course you know like what, what jack is doing is amazing like he, he's building uh, an insanely usable app that just is super sleek and looks like all, all the other finance apps uh, that you know and he instead of you know um trying to give everyone a, a bank license, a bank account and, and whatnot, like every every uh, business in El Salvador, which will never work. He yeah. just circumvents all of it and uses the Bitcoin and the Lightning Network to to make everyone a Bitcoiner, basically, whether they know it or, or not, you know? And, right. and I think that's that's definitely the way forward. And a lot of people that were forced <laughs> in these kind of situations, they figured it out long ago, you know, of course, in all the um, dark and uh, like black and gray markets, uh, Silk Road, of course, comes comes to mind, but it wasn't the only one and it, it, it also wasn't the last one. If, if you are not allowed to, um, to, to use the legacy banking system, you will find ways around it. And same is true for sex workers and the same is true um you know for a lot of industries that and a lot of goods that are not necessarily illegal and right. legality is also something you know what's what's illegal in one country is perfectly legal in the next one right. just like in, in europe for example in portugal all, all drugs are legal basically so um it's, oh, it's kind of insane that it's kind of insane that just you 
you, you, you know, you drive for one hour and, and cross a border and suddenly you're doing the same thing, but you land in jail for life. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like, you know, it's insane. <laughs> and our drive in the other direction, everything would be perfectly fine. And all you're doing is, is perfectly okay. So that, that also shows you that morality and legality, they, they have nothing to do with each other. If they, if they kind Good of point. would like legal laws would, would never change, you know, like it's, it's all of it is, is, is kind of, I, I feel like we're living in this weird, um, this weird spot in history where <laughs> things are just changing so quickly. Yeah. A lot of people, including legislators and those people who make the laws, they will have a very hard time of making sense of it all, of what's happening and what's, what's actually going on. That it's, it's going to be some very, very interesting years going forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. When when you were talking about the the gun, the 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 little heist attempt that was going on there, or whatever, I, I think about uh, Michael Saylor's rants when he talks about the, uh, you know, you know how he babbles and he talks really fast. When you, you know when you got gold and, and you want to send it to the other side of the world, then you got to pay for oil, you got to pay for guns, you got to pay for all these people. Uh, and he's absolutely right, one thousand percent. That's just another example of that. Um, yeah, I, I I think this is just I I was young for the internet. I was super young for the internet and I, I, you know, I got to do AOL and those things, but this is what I tell my wife, something that, you know, came around Bitcoin. I mean, that is just a vessel for so many things that opened my mind about, uh, you know, money, uh, about life, about the, the rat race, about the things that are going on. And I think you said it a little while ago, it's hard to explain to people my enthusiasm and them not feel that I'm, I'm part of a Ponzi scheme or part of some weird thing <laughs> or, or yeah, like you're a cult. Of, you're, you're, you're part of a crazy cult. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the thing that they don't understand is I just want them to win too. <laughs> like I have no incentive to try to show Bitcoin or try yeah, to, I, yeah. I genuinely yeah, give yeah. my time up to do the show, to do these things uh, just because I want everybody to succeed. And this is the vehicle, yeah, yeah, the yeah. vessel, yeah, the yeah. rocket that's going to get us all to succeed and be able to separate ourselves from this bullshit that's happening. But yeah, that's exactly right. You know, Bitcoiners are the, the modern Jehovah's witnesses and Bitcoin is the new religion. That's how I see it because that's exactly the same dynamic, you know? Yeah. It, <laughs> and everyone is just like, why are you knocking at my door? Why would you leave me alone? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like I, You I, don't I, understand. You don't understand what's going on. Yeah, you know, I still have a guy at work who comes to me all the time to talk about Dogecoin all the time. And I'm just like, look, man, like, I don't know if you're just trolling me here in person, but... <laughs> You already know how I feel, and I don't. I don't further need to give you an extra twenty minutes. But anyways, <laughs> I, now that we were talking about Jack Ballers and the app that he's doing, uh, let's talk Lightning. How are you feeling about the Lightning Network? Um, have you been using the Lightning Network? How do you feel about it? Oh yeah, um, I'm super bullish on Lightning. Like that's that's an understatement. Like I'm so insanely bullish on Lightning. Like you guys have no idea. It's yeah. it's it's. Oh, it's so great. Like I use it daily. Um, I, I, I'm a co-host of a German podcast and, okay. uh, we recently switched to podcasting 2.0, which oh, in, yeah. includes, um, yeah, streaming payments using lightning. Mm -hmm. So yeah, every time I open my lightning wallet, like a couple of Satoshis are trickling in like basically every minute, which is insane. Like it's, it's powerful so cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And yeah, I, I use it all the time. If I can, if I can pay in lightning and if my, uh, <laughs> if, if my channel balancing is not too horrible and I can actually pay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will pay in lightning. I, I try to do, uh, everything, um, as, uh, um, as best as I can in terms of, you know, uh, only using self custodial wallets, only, uh, running my own notes and all of that. So it's, it's still a little bit involved uh, i haven't even 
uh, gotten the time to play around with everything yet. Uh, for example, I haven't checked out Lightning Pool yet, which I really want to do. Like uh, it's yeah. the idea of uh, lending out your liquidity and, and buying liquidity from others. And I think all of those little problems that we have in, in Lightning right now in terms of, you know, how do I get my inbound liquidity and uh, how is the routing done exactly? And we don't even have, you know, like everything that's that's ca- still coming down the, li- the, li- the line. It's, it's not even implemented yet, you know, like we don't even have... Uh, um, um, multi-path payments like uh, yeah if it's to the idea is to to split the payments up in in smaller multiple payment packages just like the internet works you know like if you send a, a large file it doesn't go over the tubes in one large file it's split up into small packages and yep. packages find their ways uh, in the, through all like even even if the internet goes down in half the world it will still kind of arrive and reassemble it at the end and the same idea exists in lightning but it's just not implemented yet it's not it's not live yet and yeah. so it already works beautifully like for me it, it's it, it like it, mer- it it works like nine out of, out of ten times i would say and I, I use it daily multiple times and uh it's so i know all the problems and i know that it's still kind of a pain uh, if you uh, compare it to to i don't know like some other more evolved technologies but yeah. it's still so early you know like it, it it feels like two months ago the the lightning paper came out you know like i don't yeah. even know how long ago it was it was like two and a half years ago or something like that or maybe maybe a bit longer but it i still really remember um uh, like wow that's so cool and someone actually solved it someone actually solved the payment channel problem and wow this can actually work and you know like not even a year later the first implementations popped up and and and, and now it's life and check more is, is building like a serious serious disruptive business on it and Absolutely. if you use a if you use a, a custodial wallet um like it it just works you know like wallet of satoshi for example or like the, there are a bunch of really good ones there are also a bunch of of really good non-custodial ones that um uh, take care of the channel management for you that also work really really well but yeah. it's 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 a very long-winded answer of of <laughs> no, I'm worth it, man. I, like it's i'm so bullish and we haven't seen anything yet we haven't seen anything yet like there's so many like the next 20 steps are obvious and then the real fun begins because the non-obvious things will start to pop up like everything that we already kind of have like streaming money and also integrating lightning into into gaming for example and yep. tipping streamers and uh, uh, tipping on social media and voting with lightning uh, for you know like upvotes downvotes stuff like that all all of that kind of already exists and all of that in my mind is obvious but you can do so many amazing things with it like you yeah, can yeah. think about uh, you know building identity solutions on top of lightning for example where just forget every username and password just scan a qr code and it, you're authorized with your note for example and you, your re- reputation is kind of um linked to your economic reputation and to your note uptime whatever have you you know and we know you're an actual kind of entity i I'm, I'm hesitant to say person because you could also be something else <laughs> sure, yeah. you know like it's for identity that's not not, not necessarily important and there's so many awesome amazing things that you can do and and it's super early days like it's it's even yeah. before day one i would say yeah i, I agree um, i'm just i'm everything you're saying is spot on i'm super bullish on lightning as well i i thankfully 
I, uh, back in December, early December, I was in a Reddit, uh, area and I posted about, Hey, what's this lightning thing? And I got a really, 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 really good, uh, person. Uh, I won't shout him out. He doesn't like to be doxxed. Uh, but he, he basically walked me through raspy blitz and being able to set up my own nice. node and be able, and he was to this day, I speak to him daily. He introduced me to not only having my own personal node and what that came with, but he also introduced me to lightning itself. And I agree with you besides maybe some of the channel management stuff in the background, uh, and, and maybe these tough UIs that are still kind of like looking really bare bones and, and <laughs> yeah. a few fails that I get every now and then like zap wallet is not the greatest of wallet. Ironic that strike is so incredible. The zap wallet is not the greatest thing, but with all that being said, what really caught my attention was is around that same time, because I have a podcast network and I have a few podcasters that work with me. Um, I, I heard one of the earlier proposals from Adam Curie and company with podcast index. Yeah. So I reached out to them and, you know, uh, David, I believe his name is the guy that is, yeah. is it David. Yeah. David, uh, he reached out to me and he walked me through the whole step of setting up my, you know, uh, my, my node address inside of the, you know, the file and getting all that stuff set up inside of the RSS feed. They were awesome, but to me, it was the power of being able as a creator to s take the person in the middle out, yeah. right? Like, like being able, because, you know, now with Apple and Spotify and all these companies basically making everybody a podcaster and just giving these big contracts, it makes it tougher for people like me, the small guy, to show up on the feed for people to be able to discover me. Now I don't have to worry about chasing that or being blocked from that. All I have to do is just talk to my audience direct and they can contribute direct with the Satoshis. And man, once I, once I connected those two things together, I was on this like lightning is the truth. And then month, then the yeah. following months, you know, Jack Mollers did what he does uh, and it's starting to grow. Um, yeah. I also like it as a way to, exchange my fiat for stuff so i'm really big on like moon uh like going yeah. going with you know strike loading it up with some fiat and then on the fly using lightning to just turn it into like a visa card on moon um uh, i think it's just mind-blowing stuff uh that that, that yeah, just yeah, happens on awesome. the fly yeah that's so awesome. yeah. yeah lightning i agree with you i i don't have as as further of a thought as you do but i think just the stuff that's going on now is just <laughs> Incredible yeah, and, for and, and all the things you mentioned, like uh, they're amazing, and also you know all the all the the, the cashback stuff and every all all that. Like again, I, I I would put that in the kind of obvious category because it already exists and we already right. it just needs to scale. You know, like it's I, I think it won't be long, and and way more people are going to use all all of that. And um, in terms of of the podcast index and the podcasting 2.0 uh, yep. and kind of taking the middleman out like i'm i'm so bullish on that because i you know i um I, i'm kind of still stuck in this um idealism that the internet brought with it you know like the the early internet days they were full of hope and optimism and idealism very similar to uh, how bitcoin uh, uh, sure. is today so i'm 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 very hesitant to be um I'm over optimistic because I, I i know and i lived through the corruption of the internet you know like how it got captured by by google and facebook and amazon and, and whatnot and of course you know in the podcasting space it's it's uh, apple and, and spotify and and some big players and again you see the same kind of walled garden captured effect and uh, I mean Adam Curry, Curry talks about it a lot how advertisement for example also is censorship so that the current model just doesn't work because you're self-censoring you you're not uh, you, unless you want to bite the hand that, that defeats your feeds you you you're not going to trash your advertisers for example right. it's it's just uh, you, it doesn't even matter if you're doing it 
like consciously or not because it's just it's it's just fact you 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 will have a different opinion just because someone sponsors you and it's it's very it's like um I, i see this very problematic that the internet just found no way of monetizing itself kind of um, the only way we found this via um, advertisements, that's the only thing that kind of worked, you know, like yeah. we had no micropayments, we had no way to do micropayments. We had no like meaningful way to do direct payments of, of like not even micro, you know, like even, even five bucks is really, really hard, especially as an independent creator, you, you would have to set up a company to do uh, like the credit card processing and, and, and whatnot. Right. You know, like I think PayPal was a step in the right direction, but again, you know, like you have this, the, the all like every time you centralize something, you always run into the same problems. You always, oh, yeah. you always centralize the power, the power of decision. It yep. <laughs> doesn't matter what kind of decision in one place. And that's never good. And in PayPal and, and all, all the rest of it, we saw like, uh, yeah, a lot of account closures and just, yeah, no, yeah you cannot uh, receive money and similar on YouTube and, and all the rest of it, you know, like the platforming is, is rampant. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so ex- extremely bullish on just rebuilding this it's it's not even rebuilding it from scratch it's just just exchanging this little puzzle piece and suddenly you can speak your mind and you can build a real audience and you don't have to be afraid of getting deplatformed and you don't have to be afraid of getting canceled and you don't have to be afraid of having no income this month you know like right. if, you, if you have a, a thousand fans to support you with a couple of bucks of bucks every month then you're good and if they do it by lightning you're uncancel uncancelable yeah i think we need more uncancelable people you know and that's like the the bitcoiners definition of fuck you money you know like it's once you become uncancelable that's that's fuck you money right there you know exactly what it is yeah yeah and i think podcast is one of the it's one of the last few platforms that's alive where people can be honest and be you know uh and and give updated you know news because it's hard with all these you know news you know basically being tainted and being bought out uh, to get some real stuff. But most of the podcasters that are out here do this because they actually care because, because yeah. I, I talk to my co-host about this all the time. I, I don't think many people realize what goes on behind the podcast and how much of your time it consumes, how much of the, yeah. you know, your money to set up and, and all this stuff. And podcasters, 99% of podcasters don't get paid any money. Yeah, because uh, it's hard to get advertisers. It's hard to do all this stuff. So, um, if 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 a podcaster shows up week in and week out, and they have a long, you know, competitive streak where they're doing it consistently, they care about it, and they're doing it out of their own heart. And you might want to listen to that person because they might give you some insight or some wisdom that traditionally you would have had to pay three thousand dollars to get at some type of seminar or some type of BS or something like that. Yeah. So I, I I fight for podcasts because I think it's the last refuge for open communication like you and I are having, and now that we have that lightning component to it. Like you said, you, you can't censor me. You can't cancel me because my people will always be able to give me value and, and I will be able to give it back to them. And, and that's incredible, man. Yeah. 100%. And I yeah. think, as you said, you know, it's so important because, um, like the world, everything's changing so quickly. The world is such a confusing place. Uh, probably always has been, but, um, I think it's, 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 it's especially weird nowadays because you have these 
data silos and you have these social networks and, and even you know like you mentioned uh, itunes and how podcasts got captured if you open spotify or if you open apple music you will you will see exactly the 10 same podcasts all the time so you all will always have this selection bias and this snowballing effect like if one podcast gets really big that's the one podcast that will get shoved down your throat all the time like right. there's no way around it if you if you centralize the, the the selection and ranking algorithms like it's 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 always the same problem you know like it's the, the billboard charts problem and like this problem existed for forever and the only way you can kind of get rid of it or, or try to reduce it is is have these small independent pockets that are decentralized like having the the small uh, bookstore in in your town you know and it has different books than than most other small bookstores probably you know like because there is a crazy person in there and and they love books and they really love uh, a certain type of book and so this bookstore is full of this very niche i don't know what <laughs> yeah yeah and no. with, with podcasts and, and these all all these internet communities i, I feel it's very similar so and uh, it's still very much alive even though not of course you know like the the most people i guess uh, get their podcasts via itunes and maybe nowadays even spotify even though it still really sucks for podcasts <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. i i, I, I kind of hope that that we will see a, a reversal of this trend and i, I think you know it's it's uh, i'm I, I'm I'm a little bit hopeful because just just the sheer amount of it it kind of helps you know it's very similar to how I don't know 20 years ago probably everyone watched the same movies today I don't feel like everyone watches the same movies because just the the buffet point. of movies is so large and you have so many stream platforms as well and you have YouTube and you have like you have so many different kind of niche. <laughs> films yeah. and and so many different interests so it kind of it, it kind of uh, you have the splintering fractal of, of interests and, and different groups i mean all, all of that has like um um yeah not, not all of it is, is purely positive about that because of course you also kind of fracture society and you we see that in the in the political discourse you know like this oh yeah you, you, you have to, of course you know the, the red blue split but you have also like this different kind of pockets of insanity like insanity in terms of if you compare it to another pocket <laughs> like oh, yeah. sites will think that the other ones are completely insane the streamers and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah so so i think you know like all, all of this kind of interrelates that if you if you are able to build these kind of um islands of interest you will naturally build up a group of people that is very far removed from the mean yeah. and we see this with bitcoiners as well you know like bitcoiners are kind of crazy and they're like they're literally crazy people like most of them that i, <laughs> I yeah. mean that in a demeaning way because like the last 10 years you had to be completely nuts to be in bitcoin it's, it's changing now you know like it's yeah. changing now a little bit with big investors and big names coming in but the last 10 years you had to be insane like just just going all in on bitcoin six years ago you had to be insane like yeah. this, there's no other way it's it, I, it, it wasn't it wasn't the same move and so so that's what i mean with like uh, i think obviously for bitcoin you know as well without without the ability of building these internet communities completely online in cyberspace right. it, it just doesn't work you can never build up the conviction if there's if there's not a second crazy person like you you won't do it alone <laughs> i don't yeah. think you know yeah. we're still social creatures after all yeah yeah I, I agree the best place to hang out is bitcoin twitter a thousand percent it's just fun uh, and and the, the, the way it always makes me smile when i hear people say like we're gonna meme we're gonna meme our way to whatever the price 100k or 300k because it's like what world do we live in where we can quit these crazy obnoxious memes and be able to yeah. change the world while doing it <laughs> That's 
Yeah, that's definitely. the internet. Yeah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Twitter is like a very large, crazy pub that is open twenty four seven. And there's also uh, there's always a group of really funny drunk people hanging out. So so that's how I see it. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> and it's probably it's probably true as well. You know, like I I wouldn't be surprised if half of the people are intoxicated in, in one way or another. Right. <laughs> now now you brought up like you know the the big capital coming in and the big uh, financial institutions and stuff like that, which Bitcoin has never seen in its past. How do you feel about that personally? Do you feel that that's a threat to the future of Bitcoin just because of, you know, them taking too much of the cake? Or do you think that this is just due course and it's supposed to happen this way? Yeah, I think it's just due course. I, you know, it would be nice for the little man to have a little longer to just uh, stack sets and run, run the institutions. And I think, I think we still have time, you know, like we just crossed 1 trillion market cap. So the big money is just starting to come in. Like, and, and there's even, you know, like some pension funds and so on, they cannot touch anything on, unless it's like 10 trillion or whatever. Like uh, it has to be larger still, you know, right. uh, I don't know the numbers, you know, but uh, even 1 trillion is too small. And um, so, yeah, we see also like in terms of allocations, you know, fund allocations and so on, like they, they start to, to dabble in it with like 1% allocation to Bitcoin. And of course, you know, like they are all still on the fiat standard. So everything is dollar denominated. They have to rebalance quarterly and so on. And so we'll, we will see a lot of that. So I don't think it's, I don't think we, we will see a flood of institutional money coming in, but it won't be like a million micro sailors that go all in on the kind of the first day, you know, gotcha. like it, it's, it's just like this fund, like 1%, the next fund, 2%, then the quarter comes, then they have to rebalance and so on and so on and so on. And this will right. go on for, for a long while, I think so. So, so uh, just to to the little man out there that, that, who might be listening, don't despair. You still have time. Just start stacking sets. Don't think too much about it. <laughs> just you know, right. <laughs> quit smoking and put that money into Bitcoin. That's uh, <laughs> that's health advice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> health well. advice and financial advice in one shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh. And so I think, you know, like Bitcoin is permissionless. Um, so everyone can use it, including, um, you know, multi-billionaires and financial institutions and investment funds and so on. I, I think, I think it's, I think overall it's really good because um, these people are also politically connected. And uh, so they will also kind of like, once you, <laughs> once you have a lot of skin in the game, you want your Bitcoin be treated nicely. And I think we yeah. will see that over the course of the next 10 years or so that those jurisdictions that are not nice to Bitcoin, they will lose Bitcoin and they will lose Bitcoiners. And I think yeah. they will also lose, you know, like um, a lot of opportunities. And we saw that in New York with the bit license, you know, there are not many Bitcoiners and not many Bitcoin businesses in New York. They yeah. all move to Texas now, you know, or to Miami, for example. Yeah. And, and, you know, those kind of islands, those Bitcoin islands are starting to pop up. And I think the big money coming in just helps with that as well. You know, like yeah. it, it helps to drive this kind of interest. It helps to give the, it this political importance as well, kind of. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, just, I, I think in general, it's, it's, it's good all around, you know, like also with Tesla, for example, that might be a good example too. Um, Tesla just, you know, 
put a lot of um, Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Yep. And they, of course, now you have Bitcoin on, on, on your balance sheet and you intend to hold it. How else can you use it as well? So they thought about accepting it for um, yeah, for their car sales. And so how, how are we going to do that? Maybe we want to use BTC Pay Server. So they checked out the BTC Pay Server code and the Tesla engineers, which are among the best software engineers of the world, they found uh, one or two vulnerabilities in the existing code and they patched it and they submitted it to BTC Pay back again. So all of that is really good like more eyeballs yes. more money more interest and uh, it's in terms of some people some people are afraid that it might corrupt bitcoin yeah uh, i i don't think like i i'm not too afraid about it because uh we had the civil war like we already went through that you know like we already had large corporations people with a lot of influence, people with a lot of money, they tried to corrupt Bitcoin and they failed miserably. You know, like it was the the, the block size debate, the, the, the yep. fork wars and the Segwit 2X. And um, like, I think Michael Saylor mentioned it as well, you know, like I think the people that are putting billions of dollars into Bitcoin, they studied the history. And I think they understand that this is a system run by its users. and the users in the end, they like uh, you. It's 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 a it's it's a very difficult question because, as we've seen with the internet, some people are really good at subverting existing systems. So I don't want to rule out the possibility, and I don't want to be naive about it. Sure. But I feel also in Bitcoin, the incentives are better aligned. Like it's you. I think in the long run you win more if you align yourself with Bitcoin and not try to fight it and not try to subvert it. Because if you cause any like <laughs> disturbance, you will lose your existing and potentially your future capital as well. You know, yeah. like you will destroy by trying to subvert and destroy Bitcoin. You're destroying yourself in part as well. You know, and this is not necessarily true for the internet. If you build a walled yeah. garden on the internet, uh, you, you, you have your new shiny kingdom kind of, and, uh, with Bitcoin, I feel like it's different. Um, but we'll see about that, you know, like, yes. I, I think yeah. we, everyone has to keep that in mind and, and just, yeah, stay, Stay vigilant. I, I yeah. Guess. yeah, I got two. I got two takes on on what I, I. I wouldn't say fear. Fear is a strong word, but what I worry about. I, I worry about, um, like you said, the smaller guy not being able to generate the wealth, right? Because if the bigger guys come in, then it'll just literally just be a, a lateral shift of wealth to wealth, rich to rich. So how much time we have for the little guy? I'm not really worried about too much because, like you said, we're very early and there's a lot of money to go uh, and a lot of people to educate and get on board. My second thing, I'm going to use two companies here, and I don't know if this affects any future sponsors, but I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you aligning yourselves, telling, uh, saying that companies should align themselves with more of a Bitcoin native structure and, and, and the virtues of it. And I'd like to give an example of a BlockFi and I'd like to give an example of an unchained capital. So mm -hmm. I, I want to bring these up because I hate everything BlockFi does. And I think it's because, like I've told my co-host a few times, they go against the ethos of what Bitcoin stands for all the way down to that, not even allowing you to have your keys. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then I go, cause I'm looking for multi-sig options for, you know, my wife or, you know, worst case scenario, if anything were to happen to me. And then I bump into Unchained Capital and they seem to be doing similar to what BlockFi is doing when it comes to, you know, uh, Bitcoin financial services, but they did everything more aligned with Bitcoin by allowing you to hold your keys 
and them being just the third signer and, and things like this, that makes that company just seem much more valuable, much more important and much more lasting to the future than I could ever see BlockFi lasting. Would you agree with that? Disagree with that? Or Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Okay. Um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we will see how all of this will shake out. You know, yep. it's there, there are some companies that were, that I would consider enemies of Bitcoin and they're still around and very successful. Like Coinbase is on this list, for example, like they yep. were heavy on the, on the wrong side of the, um, uh, of the four course and like they, they truly try to, you know, like influence Bitcoin in a bad way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, for, for BlockFi specifically, it's just <laughs> the whole, like, I think it's just so funny because it changed so quickly now. Like it used to be 6% interest and now it's, it's, it's way, way, way lower. And now, uh, some news came out very recently where they, um, shared something on their website where they were even talking about, uh, you know, like, uh, the deflationary nature of Bitcoin will lead to zero or even negative, uh, interest rates, something like that. So for, for a service that, um, uh, brought everyone on board with like promising six percent returns forever basically yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of a, a strange thing to say but of course you know like you've 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 uh, completely fixed supply you can have no like like <laughs> doesn't matter how high the percentage is you cannot have that you know it mathematically yeah. doesn't work out if, if the time span is long enough it will it, it has to explode like it, it, it yeah it has like it it just can't work like earning right. interest on your bitcoin is is it's um, a bad idea it's, it's a, a bad idea yeah like, and because again, I, you know like I, you, you you can't you can't repeat the mantras often enough often enough you know like not your keys not your bitcoin yeah if you if you're giving away your keys you're giving away your bitcoin and you what what you're doing is you're you're like <laughs> you know like you're meeting someone and ah, just give me all your bitcoin and uh, right. i like you you're a cool guy i i'll give it back to you i promise in like a year and you'll i'll give you a percent right. like that's basically what's happening there. and right. if, if you're cool with that and if you're trusting that guy okay more power to you you're you're very like <laughs> yeah yeah but it, a very it, nice person <laughs> it doesn't go on the ethos of what bitcoin stands on and that's what i'm saying they could have easily done something similar and that's not to say they won't shift their model but i think it's too late at this point um but they could have easily shift their model to do what unchained capital is doing right to just be like hey well listen you want a loan on your bitcoins because we understand that you want your keys and that's fantastic well we'll just do this multi-sig where you keep the private keys you give us the public key and we'll keep it going from here and, and, and for them to just, you know, back to the using the wall of guarding term for them, BlockFi to basically say, hey, not only are we in control of the whole loan, we're also in control of all of the coin that you put to collateral the loan. And then, like you said, we could feel the we could change the field goal post whenever we feel like it. That just goes against the ethos of everything that you should be buying into Bitcoin for. And back to ground the point, I think that company will fail faster than 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 later. Um, and, and if you stick to that Bitcoin virtues where you understand people don't want to get rid of their Bitcoin, then you can offer these services and do it in a Bitcoin friendly and a Bitcoin virtuous way. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's a shame. I got a quick story for the listeners uh, um, involving BlockFi and how crazy this stuff is. I never kept any Bitcoin in BlockFi. I keep a lot of stable coin there because to me, why not get the 8.6% when my local bank is giving me 0.5? Uh, so I keep a lot of stable coin there for emergency purposes or whatever, but I have my interest to be paid out in sets. So I had a bunch of sets in there. I won't give the exact number. I went to withdraw these sets 
and to you know to cold storage or to a hot wallet to then go to cold storage is how I like to do it. Um, and BlockFi flagged my transaction. They stopped it from happening. And then in order for me to get the Bitcoin off of that transaction, they, they needed for me to scan the front, the back of my license, but get this one. They also, which is the first time I've ever done it, they also made me scan the right and left side of my face in order to get, and this is a small change, right? Like in order to get my small amount of Bitcoin interest that they gave me off of their platform, it took five days for this transaction to happen. And it took for me to show my face, scan my face, which is a huge no-no for me to be able to get it out. And if anybody's listening, they need to understand that these services, like you just said, are not going with the ethos and the vibe and the virtues of Bitcoin. And this is where it comes to bite you in the ass whenever you want to withdraw. And this is no different than when a bank freezes your account and you can't get access to the ATM. It's the same exact thing, but they're doing it with the most precious asset of all time. Um, and then another thing that I like to tell people is, is, you know, the problem is, is that say you have a position at 55,000 and at 80,000 block five, you know, Oh, whoops, sorry, we slipped. We lost everybody's Bitcoin, but don't worry. We have insurance. You can't replace my position ever again. You could give me back my money, but you can't give me the Bitcoin at the value at which I bought it ever again. <laughs> Everyone who is interested in something like that, just look at the Mt. Gox case because that's yeah. exactly what happened. You know, like people were uh, given the promise that they will get back the dollar amount that they lost, and you know, like Bitcoin probably a thousand x in the meanwhile. <laughs> like these lawsuits are still going on, and it's just like you know, what what what? Why should why should I even fight about uh, what, like uh, eight hundred bucks of Bitcoin that I had in Mt. Gox? I I want to actually have the fifty Bitcoin. That <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was yes. worth 800 bucks back at the time. So, yeah, you, you, how, how do you replace the Mona Lisa? Right? Like, like I, I left the Mona yeah. Lisa in charge with you in your hands. You lost it, and now you're giving me a fake version of the Mona Lisa. How do we get that to be okay? It's never okay. But, you know, back to, you know, these apps, these interoperable apps like Strike and like what Unchained Capital is doing. These are things where I don't need to trust the business that's in front of it. I just need to trust the protocol because all Unchained Capital is doing is sitting in front of multi-sigs and stuff that's already part of the Bitcoin core and not trying to do what I call fiat games, right? They're not trying to play these, we own it, you have to ask us to get a thing. It's more like, no, well, you, you agree to do something with us that'll keep your stuff safer and then we're the party that's involved. Same thing with Strike. I don't need another Strike wallet in order to accept anything from Strike. I just need something that's connected to the protocol that understands the language that Bitcoin is talking to and connected to. Uh, and the whole yeah. reason I go on this point on this tangent is for anybody listening, there's a lot of apps that are charlatans that are popping up now and saying that they're including, you know, they use the word crypto all the time, which I can't stand, but that they're including Bitcoin payments and they're including crypto and all that. But if they're natively fiat companies, they can't operate on this protocol because they're not built to operate on this protocol. And what's yeah. going to end up happening is like you just said, Mount Gox. You're going to get, they're going to close on you. They're going to do some weird shit. And then you're going to lose your Mona Lisa because you didn't want to learn how to set up a node or because you yeah, didn't yeah. want to learn about private keys and the storage of your own stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy, it's, man. 
it will definitely happen again and um for sure yeah that's again like why all the crazy cultish bitcoiners are always repeating the same thing you know not <laughs> yeah. bitcoin and not your node not your roofs so you you have to take care of your own keys you have to run your own node that's kind of what you have to do if you want to truly use bitcoin otherwise otherwise you're not really using bitcoin like it's it's not it's not a bitcoin it's it's a bitcoin iou and if you're not using right. your own node, it's someone else's definition of Bitcoin and it, it might not even be real Bitcoin. So it's, right. yeah, but it's tricky to understand. So I, I kind of, you know, like I, I don't try to be too hardcore with people that just came in. Like I think, you know, going yeah. to an exchange and, and getting your feet wet is kind of fine, but you, I think you truly have to understand the differences here. And maybe one good, one good example to drive it home for, for people that are listening is yep. um, there is a reason why you cannot be locked out of email as a whole, you know, like email, the email protocol is an open system. Like there are so many email providers that there, there, there's a reason why there are so many email providers, you know, but Twitter DMs, for example, or Facebook DMs or, yep. or WhatsApp or what have you, all of these are closed systems. So you, you, WhatsApp only works with, with WhatsApp, you know, right. email works with, I can, I can take my Hotmail account and send it to your Gmail account. And if, if you're, if you get thrown out of Gmail, you can use problem mail and you can like there, that's, that's the definition of an open system. The internet works in the same way, of course, you know, and, right. and that's, that's, that's exactly the important difference. You want to use something that is running on an open protocol. Right. Right. And it's for you your don't best want interest to be locked up in a closed system. Yeah. And yeah. everyone who tried to switch from uh, iPhone to Android, for example, knows what I'm talking about. You know, like you're oh, trying yeah. to, you're trying to leave a walled garden. It's almost impossible. You know, yeah. like or, or, Apple makes it really nice and cozy in that walled garden. Like the <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Or anybody it's, who's ever tried to send a cash app transaction to a PayPal person or a Venmo person. That's exactly. It's exactly. irrelevant. It just doesn't work. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, that's So how do you handle um, your security? I mean, I guess as I, I like to talk about security a lot on the show. I think it's important for people to own their own keys. What's your uh, ideas or philosophy behind security? Well, wow, that's a that's a that's a big question. Like yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's, true. It's let me be a little more. <laughs> let me be a little more specific. Are you one of the guys that goes all the way coin join? You know, trying to obstruct uh, uh, transactions and all that, or are you okay with just I'm, sending some to I'm your customers? I'm polishing my R AR fifteen as we speak. You know, <laughs> reloading my Glock. <laughs> Smart man, you are. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you know. I, I like to point out that security is a process, so there is no like one size fits all solution, and there is no secure system. And there's also like your security can never be perfect. It's always trade-offs. Right. It's always a process. It's always something you have to actively do. Like there's no, there's no such thing as doing a setup once and then you're secure. It's, right. it's, it's definitely process and the same goes for, which i i would argue uh, like it, it relates to security it's like the uh, yeah. it's kind of two sides of the same coin you're, you're kind of you know like if everyone always sees what you're doing it's very hard to be secure um it's uh, like uh, it's <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is true yeah. where to attack or if there is something worth attacking in the first place then uh, that's like the first step of of having like a, a heightened security uh, i would say yeah. but yeah in general i I try to not overcomplicate things. I think way more Bitcoin are lost because of people trying to be smart about their uh, private key storage. And um, yeah, I, you know, it really depends on the situation and I'm, I'm not going to lay out my personal security because sure. <laughs> that's already revealing too much, but I agree. you know, if like, if you have a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin, 
having it on your phone or where, wherever, it doesn't matter. You know, like if it's, if, if it goes up in the thousands, you might want to think about getting a hardware wallet and a good one at that, you know, like get a proper hardware wallet. I personally uh, use the cold card a lot. Um, yeah, same uh, the Bitbox O2 is also great from, from shift crypto there, there are a bunch of good ones you know like there it's if, if you if you if you really like bitcoin and uh, <laughs> and like to um yeah like to use something that's that has a proper bitcoin ethos i would say i i, I think you cannot go wrong with the cold card and, i'm worth it i'm um, crushing it right now yep. Yeah, absolutely. Also, you know, like full disclosure, I, I really like Rudolfo. I consider him a friend and uh, he knows what he's doing has been around forever. And uh, yeah, he, he just builds cool stuff and it's, it's like very worth to support uh, CoinKite uh, as a company. Is that MVK on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's independent. Okay, MVK okay. stands for Novak. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know his actual yeah. name. I've, I've heard him on Clubhouse a few times, but yeah, great, great person. And they're doing awesome stuff. Even down to the clock yeah, is just incredible. Awesome. He's building awesome stuff and he's a, he's a great educator as well. Like he, I, I mean, uh, the last, I don't know, six months, he, he had probably like 10,000 hours on Clubhouse or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's surprised if that's actually accurate, like <laughs> yeah, hours every day. I actually <laughs> was, uh, I actually was one of the witnesses uh, of him going back and forth with the, uh, who's the guy who tried to tell people to do the cold Yeti. Um, oh shit JW, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was oh, i was man. in the i, I was in the room where, where <laughs> mbk all, all the cringe <laughs> yeah mbk was on the other side uh, in another room oh, and they like they like brought him in they're like yeah we're gonna, we're gonna i think jimmy was in there uh yeah yeah and, i mean and they, you know it was crazy man they were going back and forth and mvk was killing them with the like the obvious facts yeah, of the matter I, I mean you know like that's that's the thing in bitcoin that's what that's why i i said before you know like it's 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 definitely a bunch of crazy people because everyone who went into bitcoin hard the last couple of years they are all on the extremes of the personality spectrum so you have some yeah. very extreme personalities just by definition in bitcoin and if Good those point. personalities clash then you know it's just popcorn like the best thing to do is just lean back and enjoy the show and just yeah. try not to get try not try not to get dragged into the mud but uh um, yeah there's and and like, <laughs> this is definitely not the only interaction uh that, that is kind of hilarious and cringy at the same time yeah and it's yeah. just there are a lot of there are a lot of and also bitcoiners like to argue and, and and like to talk and like to just you know argue you know bitcoiners will argue about everything absolutely it doesn't matter like if the if the price goes sideways and everything is calm they will argue about what color shoelaces have to be and oh, like sure. you're an idiot if you have red shoelaces or whatever have you like it's, it's yeah oh, for sure and but then now with clubhouse they're just on another that's, level yeah, yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's just the nature of the game but back to to security like i think you know um I, it, it all comes down to understanding bitcoin uh kind of well enough and once you do that you realize it's all about trying to reduce um trying to reduce your personal attack surface so you don't want to have hot wallets all the time for example a hot wallet is something that's connected to the internet so you can you don't want to be hacked by someone sitting in russia you know like right. <laughs> once that is out of the equation um, he has to come to your door. So then it comes, then it, then it, it gets to personal security. And right. if you want to, if you want to be smart about that, um, take care of your upsec. So try not to post your living address online, for example. And right. also, you know, like use multisig and make, make like if, if, if we, if we get, I, I mentioned previously, like if you have a hundred bucks, doesn't matter if you are in the thousands just get a hardware wallet, you know, like a hundred, a hardware wallet is probably a hundred bucks. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it, you have to kind of 
look at uh, um, like how much do you want to invest and how much is your your stash worth kind of thing sure. you know and once once you are like once you feel uncomfortable with your single sig it might be time to upgrade to a multi sig and the idea of of multi signature is just that um if you lose a single key you're not completely like you haven't lost everything so you can you're it's okay if your if your house burns down like that's the attack vector we're thinking about you know with with a single signature uh, like with, with a single seed, if your house burns down and you don't have it somewhere else, you don't have a copy somewhere else, there's no one, like you're screwed. Nobody can help you, you know? Yeah. That's why you also want to store uh, your 12 or 24 words on um, uh, fireproof steel, for example. You know, like there are seed plates where you can stamp the words into steel and yep. i would definitely recommend that like don't in the beginning of course you know like use paper use whatever you want doesn't matter but once you have like 10k plus whatever please use steel yeah, <laughs> paper yeah. it's really bad you know like yeah. you've, you have one fire you have one flood you have i don't know a crazy dog that eats your folder or whatever, whatever <laughs> you like you know like most most people probably have like a a, a piece of paper in the sock drawer that's how they they, they keep their yeah don't their, do their that seats, you know yeah, don't yeah. Do that. Like, <laughs> like really it's it's you might think uh, it's not a lot of money and you might think that's okay for now but always like i like the i like the um how NBK is thinking about it. Secure your Bitcoin as if Bitcoin already 10x, because it will 10x. You know? So, so we are now at I don't know, probably 50k, something like that. I have sure. no idea. Yep. Um, but just secure your Bitcoin as if Bitcoin was at 500k. That's that's what that's that's I how you that. should think about it. And yeah. so, if if you have a meaningful amount of money in Bitcoin right now, you probably want to use multisig, and you probably want to have a geographically dispersed multi-signature. So, let's say you do two out of three keys, so you can lose. Your, it's okay to lose one key. You need two keys of the three to move your Bitcoin, and just put it. I don't know in three different locations. You know, maybe a safety deposit box, maybe, uh, I don't know, a house of a relative or just to dig a hole somewhere. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> but, you know, there are, there are many ways to do it. And other than that, don't overcomplicate things. Again, I think you you should be comfortable with your setup. You should know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, stop. <laughs> you definitely. <laughs> because it's really easy to lose your Bitcoin. Like, yeah. I, I, I think... Like I know many, many Bitcoiners, almost everyone has lost Bitcoin. Like it's really easy to mess up. It's really easy to lose Bitcoin. It's really easy to do something wrong. And if you try to do something fancy, just stop immediately. You're not a cryptographer. You have no idea what you're doing. Because right. people try to get smart and try to split up seats, you know, like you have 12 words there and 12 words there of a, tw a 24 word seat or, you know, six and six. Right. That's like if someone finds the half of it, brute forcing the other half is trivial, you know, like you, you don't understand the math behind it. So just don't do that. You know, they Good try point. to encrypt, they, they try to encrypt, um, like put it in a computer and encrypt the 24 words or something. And then mm -hmm. they forget the password or they get completely <laughs> hacked because the computer was compromised and they put it into a computer. So right. the most important thing is never put a seat phrase into a computer ever, like literally yeah. never, never. That's why we say, write it down on a piece of paper, not write right. it down in a word document. Don't right. write it down in Google docs, you know, like it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. And the air take a too. photograph of it. You know, like if, if you take the, the, the second you take a photograph of it, you're already completely in the danger zone because the photograph gets uploaded to the cloud. It's the cloud, right. you don't know what's happening. Like to just keep computers out of it, keep it simple, do what Bitcoiners are telling you and don't overcomplicate it. That's that's just my yeah, <laughs> my yeah. like security guidance for everyone.
Now, and the example I used earlier were Unchained Capital and them being one of the key holders. Does does multi-sig eliminate any risk from, like, say, a company like Unchained because they only have one of the keys? Or is yeah, that still a risky I mean, proposition? Um, no, I think, you know, like, um, Green Wallet is another example for um, the, okay. the way you can think about it, that it's Bitcoin allows you to do certain constructs that were absolutely unthinkable before and uh, unchained as well like all the companies that do that properly they have um, automatic measurements in place that if the company goes out of business you still get access to your funds but if everything like if 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 we just don't have this happen and everything is like as expected and we have normal operations um you will need them to co-sign so you can spend your Bitcoin. And okay. the, the, the way that works is just with, with Bitcoin time locks that, uh, you know, you, if uh, it's very, very similar to a dead man switch. Uh, so some people have dead man switches. Like if they, uh, to pick a very stupid example, if they don't post on Twitter for like a year, they're considered dead. And then some documents will get released. You know, oh, interesting. Like that. Or, is that a script yeah. that just runs? And is that, is that how yeah, yeah, basically okay. you just set it up and blah, blah, blah. And gotcha. you can do the same thing with Bitcoin just because Bitcoin is always online. And the, and the blockchain is always there and you can actually write um spending conditions that that say you know like if um like <laughs> unless uh unless something gets renewed for example um after a year or after that many blocks this and that will happen and then the funds move to a different address and you will have you are the only owner of uh of the seed of this address and then you can wow. spend it, you know, that's that's how yeah. that's how these things work kind of behind the scenes and that's why um the companies and the wallets that do that properly mm-hmm. um that's how it should work that's how it can work in bitcoin and the whole idea is that um you don't have the risk of the company um going bankrupt and leaving you in the dust you will always have access to right. the funds after a certain while. And yeah, I mean, if you want to use a multi-signature service, like a, a company that sets up a multi-sig for you, go for yeah. it. Like it's, you, you can do it everything yourself. I I like to do everything kind of myself uh, sure. because it's always a learning experience. And um, I I think I also, like so far I didn't screw up too badly. So, <laughs> <laughs> too badly. <laughs> you, know, you know, I, uh, um, it's, you know, I'm comfortable with it. Let's put it like that. I I, I think I can do all that, and uh, that's why I'm doing it. And yeah. if 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 you're not comfortable with setting up your own multisig, for example, then of course there there are many services. Um, uh, like not that many, but there are some services that sure. uh, uh, offer it for you. And there will, I'm sure, like many many more services will pop up in the next couple of years. That that will be like custody solutions. I think that will be one of the most used um like bitcoin services that, that there are because uh, you know like big financial institutions they they won't do they probably won't do their own custody uh, like if if you're a, a traditional bank and you uh, start dealing with bitcoin which we will we will see more and more and more i think we will see dedicated custody services just like unchained and, and others um that that offer like custody solutions for for all needs and if this just you as one individual it might be a two out of three multisig if you're a multi-billion us dollar fund then uh, it might be something completely different but the yeah. beauty of bitcoin is that you can build all these systems and it can be done in a very secure and even trustless way 
Absolutely. Yeah. And my thought, it was just more to get rid of that, you know, uh, third key away from me, away from the state. It was sort of like putting it in a safety deposit box somewhere in a different state. Um, that's where I thought of the unchained. Um, I think it is, I think it is obviously, uh, I'm, I'm, good enough with it to be able to set up my own multi-sig. Um, but it was just that, do I really want to hide and store three keys when I could have somebody kind of outsource that? Yeah, but sure. the, the holdup behind that was, is, well, who can I trust? Um, and then yeah. the more I looked into multi-sig and the more I looked into, you know, you know, the, the ethos of Unchained Capital and what they believe in stuff. I'm like, well, if there's any company right now that's doing this in a legit professional way with, pretty much no downfall because I still have the other two keys, which is the power. Um, then I should probably check it out for sure. But I agree with you. Yeah, I, like, I like tinkering. I like learning. I, I, I'm with you on that. I might try it first with a little bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, like I, I, I'd like to reiterate, do what um, you feel comfortable with. Yeah, if, yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you still feel comfortable uh, with, you know, having a, a, a steel plate and, and a cold card, for example, sure. then yep. that's perfectly fine. And yeah. you know, like you will feel uncomfortable soon enough and then, you know, it's time to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By the <laughs> way, the first time. Optimally do it before. <laughs> yeah. Before uh, I, uh, I still remember the text message I sent out to a few of my friends the first time I did an air gap transaction on my code card. I was just blown away. I, I know that this is not new. I know this, this has been done for years and all that. But the first time I, cause I, I came from a ledger when I first came back. Um, mm -hmm. And then I had a buddy of mine walk me through code card. I went and then I did an air gap transaction and I was just like, wait a minute, this thing never touched my device. And I was still able to do everything that I'm supposed to be able to do. This yeah, is my cool mind-blowing right? mind shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gigi, before we kind of sign off here, since this is a big topic today, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. So can you run the listeners down and me um, on what you know about Taproot, if anything, and if it's a strength for Bitcoin or if it's just another arbitrage thing that we can skip over? Yeah, I think Taproot is amazing. Like, I think it's um, uh, obviously in 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 Bitcoin land, we we talked about it a lot the last couple of months. Um, so it's it's a protocol upgrade, and that's why it's um, it it takes so long to kind of get activated and to go online. And it will still take a while until we see this pop up in wallets and actually be used, and until we can kind of reap the fruits uh, <laughs> of of our labor. Um, uh, that yeah um it it will take a couple of months at least like in the best case still and it's very similar to uh, protocol updates that have happened in the past so bitcoin evolved over time and um the bitcoin that we use today is it's still backwards compatible with the first version that was released which is kind of amazing that so is. in a sense it's still kind of the same bitcoin but in another sense it also absolutely is not because we, we just have different uh, most Bitcoiners or most people that use Bitcoin probably know like the wallets, they can, um, you can use different addresses, different address types, like some addresses, the old, the old ones start with a one. That's what we call a legacy address nowadays. Um, the new ones start with a three and the, the very new ones, quote unquote, start with a, a BC one. Yeah. And, uh, um, all the, all these are related to different protocol upgrades we had in the past. And, uh, the one that we touched on before, uh, when we talked about Segwit 2X briefly was, Segwit, segregated witness. So that was the only 
like the only reason why the Lightning Network exists is because of the seg segregated witness upgrade. It's because of SegWit. Without awesome. SegWit, without this protocol upgrade, Lightning would not have been possible. And Taproot is kind of similar in that sense that it is it is a big protocol upgrade that it it, it enables a lot of things, you know. And uh, what's what's cool about it is that everyone agrees that it's a good thing. So it's it's not contentious at all. Everyone in Bitcoin <laughs> agrees that Taproot is amazing and we should have it. It's just that upgrading the protocol is such a pain in the ass uh, because it is actually decentralized so there's no like a single mm -hmm. authority that can say snip of the fingers and, and now we upgrade it everyone has to agree voluntarily to upgrade and we have kind of these three like influential groups in bitcoin maybe even four i would say <laughs> but, but it's definitely three it's it's uh the miners the developers and the users you know like the developers actually write the code that is important the miners actually mine the blocks and the users that run the network so by users i mean uh, actual node operators and actual like economic users um they like uh, it's often said that the miners are the slaves of the network, like because yeah. as we've seen in the in the fork wars, uh, you as a user you can reject whatever the miners are, are you are doing. So it's it's kind of you know like there is this Bitstein posted a while ago. There is this it's like a, a Mexican standoff of three people and everyone has like two guns and and all the guns are pointed at the, <laughs> like in the circle at the heads, you know. Yeah. So so one wrong move and everything like <laughs> everything goes, goes to shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and th and that's that's basically the the, the state of of Bitcoin governance so upgrading it is, is very very hard you you kind of um we are currently in the process uh of taproot activation so yep. signaling has started i think yesterday uh, or like 12 hours ago or something like that or maybe 24 hours ago something like that yeah and um it's 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 now we're now in a time period where we give the miners some room to signal that they are ready so that they have upgraded their software that they are ready to mine taproot blocks like they they're they like they are set and yep. once enough miners are ready <laughs> then uh the, the protocol kind of locks in and uh taproot is is enabled like that's that's a very layman very simple very right. um quick explanation of what is what, what we are currently trying to do. If this doesn't work, we're going to do it differently. So we're going <laughs> to... It's going to happen anyway. If, yeah. if this doesn't work, the users are probably going to rise up and we're uh, going to do what we did the last time, which is like a user-activated soft fork. Okay. Um, it's, we're going to do it for different reasons. Like... Uh, for SegWit, it was very contentious and there was a, like a huge war kind of going on. Um, but still, like we have this option of, of saying... Of, of kind of forcing the hand of, of the miners as well. And yeah. Um, yeah, all of that is a very long-winded way of saying that the problem with Taproot is not in Taproot itself, but it is with uh, actually activating it and doing the protocol upgrade in a nice way that doesn't start another civil war. So we yeah. don't want to be kind of too pushy and, you know, like there's, there are a lot of, as I said before, you know, like the, lot of, all, all the Bitcoins are crazy people. So there's a lot of egos and a lot of like <laughs> warring fractions and oh, yeah. <laughs> arguments we had all the time. So the hard thing is uh, actually getting it activated. But yeah. once it's activated, we can do so many cool things, you know, like it's an improvement for privacy. It's an improvement for efficiency. So um, a lot of transactions are actually going to have a smaller footprint on the blockchain itself. So yeah. we're going to save some space. Um, it's going to be it's going to enable completely new constructs it's better for privacy because all the it doesn't matter how fancy your 
contract is like it doesn't matter how fancy your smart contract is it will all look the same on chain like it all will all look like a, a regular transaction kind of because nice. currently like if if you for example use the lightning network and you open a channel you can see that on chain you can see that this was most likely a lightning channel open if you use a multisig like a two out of three multisig you can see that on chain so okay. you know okay it's someone is using a multisig with taproot you can hide all that you know you mm. it works just differently and it's a new transaction type and um you can do it in a way that it's it kind of all looks the same you know it's, yeah it's really cool like it's from a from a cryptography and technology perspective it's 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 a really ingenious idea it's really beautifully done like it's because bitcoin is very res restrictive you cannot really like program a lot in bitcoin you know you only okay. have <laughs> you only have like it's basically um the bitcoin network is asking you hey do you have the key to spend this money and you can only go like yes or no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's basically the, the the basic puzzle pieces that you have, you know. And, yeah. and we're using these kind of very primitive basic puzzle pieces to to build some amazing things. And yeah, uh, yeah Taproot is definitely one protocol upgrade that that yeah it, it will enable all kinds of things. Like we, we can do we can do a lot of um, crazy things that I I feel like are are not even. Uh, talked about uh, a lot yeah. yet, just because we, we need to we, we need to get it ready first. Yeah, I am excited. To, I don't know as you just enlightened me a ton about it, but I, I heard about you know more privacy, smaller transactions will be well, smaller fees because the files will be smaller or um, and all these things. But to me, that's important because if with all these you know legacy systems, let's just use PayPal as an example, jumping on to offer these services, it adds more privacy to us. Um, but I also heard an argument on the mining side of thing where it's like, well, I, I think since we started speaking, a bunch of the mining pools everybody signed on. Um, shout out to Slush for being the first one. Um, yeah. But um, I, I heard this argument where like the mining pools may not want to do this because if it's smaller data, then it's smaller fees and they technically get paid less. Is that a good argument or is that just bullshit? Yeah, well, again, coming back to what I've said before, that kind of like if you... If you just agree with the history of Bitcoin and come to the realization that in the end, the miners are serving the network, it comes right. down to, okay, if you're being greedy, you're getting nothing. You know, like if yeah, you don't want to activate, yeah. So, so I, I don't think the the game theory uh, works out in the way that the miners can say, yeah, no, we 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 want to uh, be stubborn and greedy because yeah, in the long yeah. run they they will lose out. So this is just being nice to the miners and, and making them feel like they have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, currently the speedy trial activation, like what we're currently going through, there was a lot of discussion in, in the last couple of months of, of kind of uh, what are the different paths forward. And I really liked the, the summary. I, I don't remember who gave it, but uh, it's not my original idea. But the, what we're currently having is like a loaded gun in uh, in the nightstand you know yeah and the other approach would have been to take the loaded gun and put it uh, to the head of the of the miner oh. <laughs> so we're we're still being very nice now you know it's like we have a loaded gun but we we didn't even bring it out brought it out of the yeah yeah of the drawer yet. they don't you know, know like about it yet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. They, they kind of know it you know super like cool. like we, we talked about it before but they haven't seen it yet maybe. yeah yeah super cool analogy yeah uh, all right. I got one more for you. And I, I promise you, I'll, I'll let you go. I could talk to you forever. You're incredible. Um, this is more on a personal standpoint. So I'm trying to get back into uh, software development into, or uh, into Bitcoin or the business, whether it's lightning or whatever. Um, in 2008, I started learning Java and started doing Android applications. That's kind of the only language I know. 
what direction or what advice as somebody who has, I've seen your GitHub, you're loaded in there, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to learn to be, you know, a software developer in Bitcoin and, you know, how to get better at it, I guess, if you have any advice. <laughs> Oh yeah! Wow. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a great question. It's a, it's a, it's another kind of big one, but I'll I'll try yeah. to to do my best and be brief. I think you know, um, it really depends on what you want to do, in like what you actually want to build. I, in general, I think the best way to kind of learn coding, or one good way, let's put it like that, is to to try to. Uh, to scratch your own itch, find something that you really want to build. And also, you know, like you, you, of course you have to be smart about it. You know, like it's, it has to be a small thing because coding yeah. is really hard as you know, like if it is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard. It's really a lot of work. It's, it's, it's very similar to some other things, you know, like if you want to start to paint, just start small. If you want to start uh, to write, start small. Don't, don't try to write a 50,000 word book as your first thingy. So with coding as well, if you, if you, if you think you can write a small uh, script or something, like Bitcoin is, is, is great because if you, you could, for example, like write a script that will tell you, you input uh, a regular time, like human time, and it will tell you uh, what the block height was, what the block time was at the, at the current height, something like that, you know, like, yep. for example, on my, on my site, um, I, I uh, switched from fiat time and I'm only using uh, block time. So if you want to find out uh, when an article was written, you will have to go to a block explorer and <laughs> look up when nice. the block was mine. <laughs> So there, there are some small funny things that you can do. And I, I would recommend to, to okay. kind of um, find something that you can actually build because in the end, like programming is... It, it, it's a craft, you know, like it's, it's not a science, even though it's, there's yeah. a lot of computer science involved, but you really have to practice a lot. And the best way to practice is find a pet project and, and just try to work on it. You can also try to contribute to open source. A lot of people were successful with that as well. Just try to find something there. There are a lot of very helpful people um, that, that will like, uh, do some handholding and explain to you what you can do and just maybe write a test here, maybe fix a bug there and maybe try to, like if you already know how to code a little bit and want to get better, that might be a good approach as well. But in okay. general, I would say programming, even with all the new tools and all the new frameworks and all, all the new things that came along in the last like 30 years or so, like the fundamentals didn't really change that much. You, you, okay. you, if you want to get really good, I would urge everyone to read up on, on just computer science fundamentals. So you want to know like, what is the difference between a really good and fast algorithm? Why is it fast and why is it efficient? And what what is how can you do the same thing but in a very stupid way? And why is it a stupid way? <laughs> then okay. you want to you want to learn about just software design in general. You want to learn um, how do you build software that is maintainable and readable and just um, you know it's it's very similar to 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 building other things you, you can how, how how do you build something that you can also take it apart and repair it again you know and and that you just take it apart and you know exactly what component is doing what and why is this in that place and there are yeah. some great um like there are some great resources out there that teach you exactly that in the software world like how to build okay. software that is really easy to understand, easy to maintain, it's very efficient. And um, in terms of like programming languages, I would say like, don't, don't think, don't think too hard about it. Oh, they're, they're all very similar. Um, okay. and there, 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 there are some big differences. If you, 
uh, go, for example, like there's a difference between uh, functional programming languages and typed and untyped languages and stuff like that. Try to understand what all this means and what the differences are, but you know, whatever gets the job done. It's just, it's just like, you know, if, if, if you want to dig a really deep hole, like <laughs> there are a couple of tools to do that really well, use these tools. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the definitely. same is true in the programming world as well. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take that on for sure. Yeah. I, I was, you know, I still am. I've always been really deep into, uh, it was specifically Java and Android on the platform. I really enjoyed what Google was doing with Android. Not so much now, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of just went away from it. I went from a few to a few, uh, I had a few interviews, few job opportunities and I'm a high school dropout. So immediately these guys, you know, legacy systems eliminated me off of that qualification. And then mm-hmm. when I would get past that, you know, certain requirement that they wanted, they would give me these crazy tests that were pretty much unsolvable, not unsolvable if you had the time, <laughs> <laughs> but unsolvable yeah. in the amount of time that they expected you to do it. I'm talking about yeah, like, yeah. here's 20 minutes and here's that you got to go through flush through this algorithm. And I'm just like, yeah, well, yeah. And I, you know, I, and then they say you can't research, right? So yo, you can't go on the internet. You have to do it right here. And this, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. so it, it kind of, yeah. it gave me the flat tire and I kind of just yeah, stopped coding yeah, yeah. for a while. But, um, it, Bitcoin like has brought it, that figure back. I, I know that world uh, kind of well, and if, okay. if someone, may, maybe someone is listening he, who who kind of currently has this issue or tries to get a job in coding, and uh, like if you apply at a, a Silicon Valley company or or some some large company, they will always, um, uh, yeah, give those interviews. And um, there, there are uh, great books that will teach you how to prepare for these interviews. So check those out. Just Google for them. I I think I don't know, like. It's probably called how to beat the coding interview or something like that. Sure. But those are very well known. And then it's it's just it's just uh practicing, you know. And then you you sit down for two months and you do nothing but uh solving um half completed chess boards in how can you beat white in three moves, you have 20 minute time, you know. Right. Like, so right. Those are, <laughs> or you know, they're they're that you know, all these Google interviews, they're uh, I don't know, uh, two million um uh windows in San Francisco, and you have uh, so that many people that try to clean the windows write an algorithm that does it in the fastest way something like that you know right like right <laughs> don't think about it do it in a minute flat it's just yeah. i don't know it's, yeah, but it's yeah. insane it's insane gave me, on, 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 on the more answer. serious note to, yeah. to, to maybe answer your previous question yeah. if, if you're i think the best way to if you're really serious, like again, you know, coding is really hard. Like it's, it it's not something that you just pick up on the side. It's just, it's also like, you know, like playing an instrument or something. Yeah, if you yeah. want to get really good at it, you have to do it kind of every day. And it's, it's really, really hard. Yeah. So if you're serious about it, just try to start contributing to open source projects in the Bitcoin world. And I promise you, you will get noticed. Like all the people I know that are now getting hired by companies and, and are, are just around, they've been around forever, you know, like they've been contributing for like years okay. and, and just, I think that's, especially in the Bitcoin world, because the credentials really don't matter in the Bitcoin world, I would say, but if, if right. you've been contributing to something like BISC, for example, and you, you had like uh, 200 merges in BISC or, or you had merges in Bitcoin core or you know, like Raspberry Blitz, like if you have a Raspberry yeah. Blitz you, and you want to fix some of those ugly interfaces, go for it. I, I'm sure people will notice that. And, and that's like, uh, I would say in the Bitcoin world, you know, like a lot of Bitcoin companies hire off Twitter and hire off GitHub and all of that will get noticed. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. I got to put that. Cause that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, and this Bitcoin, uh, if you want to call it universe that we're heading into, I don't really think you're going to get one of these Google questionnaires when you go for an interview. I don't think these companies, no, no. They, yeah, they're not, not going to do the stupidity stuff because they realize the caliber of the person, the individual, uh, that's a whole nother conversation of course, but yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to pursue that. Definitely interested in doing it. It's just, I was excited about doing the Android stuff. It's just, um, those flat tires. I knew I wouldn't be able to get a job as a high school dropout in one of these bigger companies. Uh, but now Bitcoin has brought the vigor back because not only am I enthused by the technology and I want to contribute, um, but I could brush up on those coding skills and contribute in a meaningful way and possibly score a job and doing something that I love to do, which is Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was just thinking about that, but I am working hard. I agree with you. Uh, coding is extremely difficult, but so yeah. gratifying when you figure out what it is you're trying to figure out. It's just yeah, one of those it, things. It, it is. It is. If you, if you like solving puzzles, it is. Yeah. But, but not ecstasy. everyone does, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's true. it can be. Like, I think you have to have the right personality for it because I know some yeah. people that, that dropped out of uh, um, uh, university and uh, just stopped coding completely. And, and they were just, you know, like they, they don't get... They, they don't enjoy solving puzzles that much. I think that's that's the core of it. Uh, and yeah. maybe as as, as like a, a last word on on that issue, yeah. I think you know a lot of people in Bitcoin they, they would like to contribute code as well. But mm -hmm. I don't even think like and if you really want to and you can, that's amazing. We definitely need more developers. Like that's always always great, especially like if if you can read and review code. And so like all of that is very much needed in the Bitcoin space and in yep. open source software in general. But I think. I hope at least that Bitcoin will enable everyone to do what they're really good at and what, what they love and just monetize that. You know, like if you're, again, if you're a shoemaker and you make awesome shoes, focus on the Bitcoiners, make an awesome orange shoe, I'll buy it. And you, and I'll pay you in Bitcoin, yeah. you know? And I think awesome there, there's so many great, there's so many great artists and, and uh, of course, you know, like also content producers and, and all of it. And that's a great way to contribute to Bitcoin as well. You know, contribute to the ecosystem, contribute to the culture, talk to people and, and you're, you're do, doing an amazing job already. You know, like it's, it's, I think, I think like if, if the Bitcoin thesis continues to play out as we think it will play out this like um i'm, I'm sure as as a bitcoiner that produces value you you will you will be dandy you will be fine like this <laughs> i yeah, don't I feel think the same you way. have to suffer through coding interviews <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to contribute to bitcoin that's what i'm trying to say yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. Um, all right, Gigi, I'm super respectful of your time. I really appreciate it. If you want to tell the listeners where they could find your work, where they can listen, I don't know if you got anything upcoming that you want to plug in here, but feel free. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, first and foremost. Um, I had a great time. That was great. And yeah, keep up the great work. Keep up, Thank you. Keep up the podcast and exploring all these all these topics. And uh, I, I look forward to the day where you get your co-host um, out, out of BlockFi and, and all, the, <laughs> all the other things he's so involved with. I love it. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm scared for him, but he knows. <laughs> He'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it will happen on its own, you know. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> That's and funny. Yeah, um, I don't have anything coming up. I'm I'm still working on my second book, which is called Twenty One Ways. So um, yeah, Bitcoin is time was was uh, one one chapter of that book. And yeah, people can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I also have a Patreon. Um, they can uh, support me there. It's uh, I mostly use it to share chapters of my book and uh, the work I'm doing there. I yeah. Other than that, Twitter is the, the best place. I have uh, derechigi.com, which is just my Twitter handle, .com, where I post all uh, all the stuff I'm doing and 
um, just to make sure that it stays up and uh, can't be taken down by Medium or all the other like yeah. <laughs> publishing houses. And Good move. Um, yeah, if you want to learn more about Bitcoin, I curate bitcoinresources.com, which um, hosts articles and books and podcasts and um, also videos and some just uh, other creations, all kinds of things relating to Bitcoin that I found helpful on my journey. And yeah, my first book, 21 Lessons, you can read for free online. You can also buy it pretty much everywhere, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and people were cool enough to make, you know, audio versions and even virtual reality worlds. And uh, it, it has been remixed a ton of times. Uh, it has Super been translated cool. to like, I don't know, 15 languages already. I'm, I'm blown away because Congratulations, I just, I just wrote yeah. it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I just wrote it and I was like, you know, as, as an open source developer, I was like, of course, I'm going to just open source it and release it under, uh, like, do what you want with it license, kind of. Yeah. And people absolutely did, you know, like, I, I think the Swedish version or something comes out in a couple of days like a proper printed version and uh like uh, um there is a the german audiobook version is in the works and and it, it's just amazing like uh, i can highly cool. recommend like if, if you don't have a financial incentive of doing something like that just just, just get it out there and allow people to to remix your work it's it's so great it's so re rewarding like it's it's so cool to see you know like uh, some brazilian guy uh, translated the whole thing very recently and it's it's just amazing it's amazing like the, yeah. the whole bitcoin people are amazing <laughs> yeah that's super dope i listened to the uh, the audible version and shout out to guy he yeah he narrated that thing perfect to a team yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's amazing I, I like it way way more than just my written words like i i, I love the way he read it yeah, I, I well, I, I think the words have to be there for him to actually read it, right? But yeah, I, I, his his vocal tone is just perfect. I don't know if he's a voice actor in his in his normal life, but yeah, he, he's fantastic. He, he is now. He is now. Yeah, Bitcoin Audible is also a fantastic <laughs> hub for people to go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gigi, thank you so much. Please keep pushing, man. Um, I'm gonna keep following. You're you're definitely an inspiration to me, um, as somebody who loves the technology but also loves the philosophy of it. Uh, I know you may not like being thrown in the philosopher category. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Twenty-one ways. It's, it's going to be a proper philosophical book. So fantastic. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's what I'm aiming for. Well, you know? listen, I'll, it, I'll keep I'll keep the shit posting to Twitter and the proper writing. writing <laughs> going to the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Bitcoin is time, is any introduction to what that book is going to be like? Yeah, you're definitely heading on the philosoph philosophical pattern, uh, and yeah. that's fantastic. But once again, I'm so thankful that you even reached back out to me and allowed me to do this, allowed us to do this. I know my co-host is not here, uh, but look forward to. Talking talking to you in the near future and and beyond and thanks gg i appreciate you man thanks for having me I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. So much wisdom, so much information, so many resources. You might have to go back and listen to that episode again so you can pick up all the valuable, juicy stuff. As always, guys, please rate, share, and subscribe so we can continue to have these conversations. Please hit any of the links below so you can support the show. If you're on the Lightning Network, you can support us by streaming us some sats, value for value. We appreciate you guys as always. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Later.